When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, welcome back to another show. My name is Anne-Marie Cross and joining me on today's show is Irina Jordan. Now, Irina is the founder and owner of Aishun, an online marketplace of handcrafted urns, jewellery and keepsake made by talented artisans. Now, Irina has built a successful business, not through expensive advertising or publicity complaints or campaigns, but some innovative marketing, free products SEO and social media strategies, many of which she is going to talk about on today's show. Now, in particular, Irina is going to share proven marketing tips to help you be found on top of organic search results, three successful ways to generate leads on LinkedIn, and one surefire way to make sound business decisions in your business, which I'm sure we all struggle with from time to time. So welcome to the call. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm super excited to be on your show. (laughs) Wonderful. Now, I know many small business owners, when they think about publicity and about marketing and so forth, they think one way to get out there is the very expensive advertising and, and publicity. And I know that that's something that you decided, no, I'm not going to do in my business. But before we talk about that, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your business, particularly how you found your business niche because one of the things that I say on the show over and over again as do many of our guests to be successful it's so important to identify a niche and then really start to build your awareness with that niche that you are the go-to person so love for you to share your story with us. Oh thank you for asking this question Anne-Marie and I think it is important to start off our conversation talking about that. I think the premise for any person who wants to start their own business it to truly feel passionate about what they want to do. Mm. Yes, there, there needs to be some revenue potential in what you want to do. But first and foremost, you really have to feel it. That business idea needs to speak to you. You really need to feel it and envision it how it's going to unfold. In my case, it was a combination of some family tragedy and losing my friend and also being open to starting a business in a totally unknown space and market industry for me. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered is when I suddenly lost my close friend 
I realized that I couldn't find any urn that could express her sparkling personality, the way she was and how I wanted to remember her. And I started looking more into this market. It's memorial industry, it's vineyard industry, not the most cheerful if you Mm. think about it. It's very somber, very dignified. And I'm young. I'm in my 30s. I'm a very vibrant individual. I'm very optimistic. And I realized that I can bring a lot to that industry by innovation and disruption. And that's how Arizona was created. And that's how I found it. Mm -hmm. And from that very premise, the whole marketing campaign and my philosophy behind it was driven by how I can be different in that industry and how my business niche is unique to me. Mm. And such, you know, thank you so much for sharing the story. And it's such a, a, a reminder for us that, as you've said, you know, it's something that you do need to be passionate about and you recognize this need in this industry at a very painful time, I'm sure, for you having lost, you know, your, your dearest friend. But what a privilege and honor to be able to, in your business, connect with these people who are also grieving, but at the same time, be able to support them in expressing their love and and you know their their all their feelings to this dear departed loved one through the expression of of these handcrafted urns. I'm sure you can share so many different stories about you know people that you have that you have worked with you know your clients and and how they've chosen this special urn to you know commemorate the memory of of their departed loved one. Yes. Yes, that's very true. And what people don't realize, and one of my driving decisions of starting this business, that a consumer, especially because there are certain points in your life when you feel powerless. And when you lose somebody, you start feeling powerless. You go to a funeral home and you kind of just go in with the flow because you're so distressed and you're so sad. Mm. But you can't be empowered at any point of your life. And I wanted, and that's why the organic outreach and a lot of content creation Mm. and just talking to a lot of people, you need to educate people about your business niche. It doesn't matter what it is. In my case, I wanted to empower people saying, you can make those decisions for yourself. It doesn't matter where you are. You can find what you want. You can find things that resonate with you. And mm-hmm. it's not just an urn. It can be a jewelry that uses ashes with glass. Yes. It can be a keepsake that's a sculpture on your table. It can be a piece of hair before you, when you have somebody you lost, but you have some kind of remnant of him in the lock of hair. Mm-hmm. You can create a beautiful jewelry piece out of it. So you cannot always let others make a decision for you. And that premise drives the whole idea behind my business and also behind this organic marketing outreach that I've been doing from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that we, we've mentioned, you've decided at the stage in your business when you were starting it up that you weren't going to advertise and, and things like that. You wanted to create that message. So behind the reasoning behind that you decided, I mean, obviously for many entrepreneurs who are starting up their business, the cost factor of, of expensive advertising, they're just not able able to do that. But I wonder, was there a deeper reason behind why you decided that you weren't going to go down the route of of advertising? I think that earlier message of being empowered Mm. applies also to me. I wanted to be in the driver's seat. 
I wanted to decide how I reach the people and not just hoping and hoping for this advertising or that advertising to reach the right audience and then keeping my fingers crossed that somebody will come to my side and will actually find something for them. When you start thinking for yourself, you empower yourself and you also evolve as a person and as an entrepreneur. For example, if you start creating your content in a very disciplined way, even if you don't like writing like I did, it actually becomes more of part of who you are. Mm -hmm. You start speaking better, you start writing better, you connect with people better. So there are a lot of side benefits to that. Mm -hmm. So feeling empowered in your own business is very critical to that business being successful. Yeah. I love that you've said that, Irina, because, you know, you obviously made a decision in your business when you first started it up. I want to feel empowered in not only working with clients, but also how I get visibility out there. And so you're talking about content. So I'd love for you to share with us, what were some of the, you know, the steps that you took first? I mean, you've talked about writing. So I assume that one of the ways that you created visibility and and got known out there was to create articles and share that on your website yes yes i do have a very active blog called memorial chronicles that's inseparable part of my website and a lot of customers are not customers to begin with they come to read my blog and then they write to me in a private email or they reach out to me on my facebook page for arizona and they say i've read this and that and it really resonated with me mm-hmm. plus you have to think in terms of how can you leverage this content and find new outlets for it. For example, in my blog, I have Pinterest board just for my blog. I have multiple boards on Pinterest, but one of the boards just dedicated for my blog posts. And people find me that way and they repeat the content because you have an image and an image will drive the content. And that drives new audience. I also have, if somebody heard about Reddit, I actually have a dedicated thread on Reddit under cremation. I post my blog post there. I also share it on my Facebook page, on Twitter, and some appropriate blog posts I even share under my LinkedIn updates. Mm -hmm. So you have to think of it as a bigger picture because people say, oh, I have to write it every day. You don't have to. But if you create a sort of schedule and you stick to it and then you create that distribution of yes. that, mm-hmm. it, it actually gets a life of its own. Yeah, I I think that's so important because we'll talk about frequency and, and how often that you blog in a moment, but I want to touch first on what you mentioned about distribution. It's so important to not only create, but also to have a strategy like you've just mentioned on getting that message out into the hands of the people who you know would want to read that. So, you know, the fact that you are using Reddit, the fact that you are using Facebook and, and Twitter and, and and LinkedIn to reach out to the community that you are developing and have developed there to let them know that these articles, you know, are are certainly available. I love that. And I also love the fact that you've identified that Pinterest is certainly going to support you because I would imagine with the artists who create these unique pieces, you know, the the urns, the jewellery and other keepsake, to show an image of each of those really allows your potential client or the people that coming, you know, to, to view that, to see those beautiful pieces, yes? Yes, that's exactly correct. And what I want to stress for any product-driven or visually driven, it can be even service, but if you have some beautiful imagery to share, for me, Pinterest is my number one social media channels in terms of generating sales. Mm. Not Facebook, not Twitter, not LinkedIn, Pinterest. Pinterest is such a visually driven social media channel that 
I can track that a lot of my sales come from Pinterest or the other key for people is to have beautifully done images on their site, as well as a lot of description behind those images when you're having the alternate description for the image. Mm-hmm. Because when people search on Google for images, your image will come up. I got quite a few sales when people just searched for something on Google under images, and I got to sell that way. So you wow. always, you don't have to feel constrained and, oh, this is just my site. Oh, no, think wider. How much can you provide that people can find you in very unexpected places? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you mentioned uh, earlier a, a keyword or something that some people might not be familiar with. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that. That was SEO. So for people who may not be that familiar or who would like to hear how you've kind of thought about SEO and how you've related it to your business. Can you share a little bit, A, firstly, what is SEO and how are you tapping into that when you're you're thinking about blog posts and and also the, the images? SEO stands for search engine optimization. And though it sounds very clunky, it's not. What it means is write well and describe well everything you do online. Mm. It needs to be descriptive enough that if I don't see a picture, but you describe it in such a way that I can see it in my mind. If you write a blog post, if you're writing a specific theme, make sure it's keyword rich. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of narrative around that theme. So people who are searching, for example, how do I travel with ashes? They will find your blog post. It will start trending. So you have to think in terms of not just, ooh, will my will search engines find me? You have to think, will people find me by putting those search words in the search engine? Mm-hmm. This is just a medium for people to find you. So you always have to think about words describing what you're doing. You don't have to abuse the system, but you have to be descriptive enough and have enough text and descriptions. And if the image doesn't come up, how you would describe it that when people look for things, you come up on the top results. Yeah, yeah. I love that that you shared that and and what a fantastic article. You know, when you said that, absolutely. I mean, if you had a loved one and you had to travel, with that, that's what I would be searching for. And interestingly, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a, a workshop, I was delivering one for a lot of um, business owners who were thinking about, you know, this content creation. And sometimes in our own business, we can get stuck thinking about ideas. What would our potential clients search for? And so if, and I'd love to find out what kind of strategy you use to come up with ideas that I assume has become blog posts for you and therefore what people are searching for. Sometimes it's a matter of speaking to some colleagues or maybe some of your previous clients and getting feedback from them. You know, what did you search for? Or is this of interest? Would this be something you search for? Because quite often we can take for granted the search terms, the keywords, and it really confirms how important it is for us to understand and know our niche, know our market, and be aware of what they're searching for. Is that what you took some time to really think about? What kind of things are people going to be searching for? Is that the process that you went through too as well? Anne-Marie, the key that you said is you need to know your niche. Mm. Don't think about the whole marketplace. It's totally useless to you. You have to focus on what's relevant for your niche. And you have to stay focused on that niche regardless of the temptation. And that drives on the search terms of what people are looking for. And when people call me, I say, how did you find me? As long as it's appropriate and 
it's a natural flow in the conversation because again, I deal with people who are emotionally distraught in a lot of cases, mm. but they feel so grateful that somebody speaks to them with compassion and everything. They will actually tell me, oh, I was looking for months and months for such and such. Okay, that's a mental note. Mm. The other way is have really good analytics in place. So when somebody lands on your page, look what kind of search words they found and how they use it because it can be Google Analytics or it's part of your e-commerce platform analytics. I use Shopify. That's been working really well for me. Always look for those clues. Also, when you kind of do the post-mortem or talk to customers or getting their feedback, just say, did you find us right away? What did you look for? Plus, also talk to people in your space as well as complementary spaces. I am very active with people who call themselves death doulas, who help people at the end of their lives mm. to have that peaceful transition. Also, grief counselors, hospice workers, of course, funeral directors. So by talking to them, you get a feel of what people are thinking about what they're talking about to their families and you kind of have that that's excellent for content for your blog and for more holistic point of view Mm -hmm. of how you want to position your business in the long run yes and a great way to build connections with you know i don't want to say joint venture partners but some of these people having you as a resource may be just what they need to recommend you know to people who are coming to them and looking for something very very special so i think there are so many incredible opportunities opportunities through that particular strategy. So tell me about how you generate free publicity, because I know this is something that many ambitious entrepreneurs are striving for as well. My secret weapon, and I love it, is Harrow, help a reporter out. I've been using it from the start of my company, and I love it. Mm -hmm. But I also... I don't just rely again on Harrow because again, you want to feel empowered even in generating the publicity. I I use LinkedIn very actively for many, many purposes. And one of them is finding the journalists and reporters. Either I find them on Twitter or I find them on LinkedIn. And then I find some topic of interest. I follow them for a while. I get a sense of what they're about. And if it's the right fit, I reach out to them. And I got a few feature articles just by talking to journalists on LinkedIn. You have to be very careful who you're reaching out to because you don't just do, you know, go crazy. Just whoever has a journalist or editor or TV anchor. No, you have to be very strategic about whether this person will find your story or your business or what you offer of interest. Otherwise, you just burn all the bridges. Mm. Harrow is a great training ground where you kind of start sending your pitches. And again, talk about content creation. This is content creation in a nutshell. If you get out the pitch that catches somebody's attention, you got free coverage. Mm -hmm. How do you get that pitch that people pay attention to? You write it well. You have some kind of hook. You have an interesting story. You have an interesting closure and you're available to talk to people. You reply to people in a timely manner. So it's all a matter of that training. You become in tune to what people in the media are looking for and how you can get their interest. So it's, again, this is part of the process. You have to be disciplined. You cannot just, you know, hope and wait for something. You have to be involved. 
Yeah. I love the way that you've said before you reached out to them, you started monitoring what they wrote about. And I think that's so important because you'll be able to identify the kind of topics they cover, the things that they're interested in, and therefore you can discern whether or not this would be something that they would be interested in. And sometimes even, I'm I'm sure, Irina, what you've done is maybe there was a particular topic they wrote about. And one of the the things, and I don't want to use the word spin-off, but it is, you know, maybe one of your articles of the things that you could speak about could add even more value to what they were writing in a particular article. And I'm sure that was what you used to touch base with these journalists and say, hey, is this of interest to you? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. And thank you for bringing this up, Anne-Marie, because one thing that's very important, it's called Google Alerts. Mm. Put in the keywords for things that you're looking for because you'll find really great journalists that write about topics that are relevant to your business and to your niche. Mm-hmm. Because if you, for me, it's cremation, it's funeral, it's artisan, it's cremation urns. I have like 10 or 15 Google alerts set up for me and I get those notifications every day. And then I start seeing the names of certain journalists that specialize in that niche you bet you I'm going to reach out to those people. Mm. You bet you I'm going to talk to them because they come up all the time. I cannot not use that connection because I now know that they're interested in that topic. Yes, yes. And I'd imagine too, once you reached out and let them know about you and they've read some of the the content and other things that you're sharing, you now become a resource for them. So if they're ever wanting an expert opinion or some words or phrases, they would then reach out to you, which means that you're a lot more empowered because now all of these journalists are coming to you as a resource and asking for your contribution to their articles and information. Have you found that that's happened for you as well? Yes, it is. You actually become professional friends because as long as you treat that connection with respect and you do not harass them, they come to you back again and again. As long as you're professional, you do not pitch anything beyond the scope of what they're asking for. And you're always available to them. Again, you are helping them, but they're also helping you. But if you're very reliable and very consistent and very professional, they'll keep you on the top of their list. You do not want to be annoying with journalists. They do not have patience for that. No, that's right. That's such a good point. And uh, I know that uh, a couple of my colleagues and have mentioned too, they work in that industry, do not become known as a spammer because it is a small world. And if you annoy one journalist, they have got, a network of other journalists and you don't want your name blacklisted amongst all of those uh, journalists because it, it certainly will. And I don't know about, you know, over where you are, but I know here in Australia, Irina, that you might have touched base with a TV network journalist or reporter, but they have network contacts in the print in online, on radio. Mm -hmm. So not only are there networks within their medium, it's across the board. So you don't want to be blacklisted with other journalists across the board either. Great, great point. Now, before we dive in, talk a little bit more about LinkedIn, because I know that you've said LinkedIn has worked so well for you. One question that I have down that I'd love for you to share more on is about the consistency and blogging and, and content. So what does your schedule look like? How often do you write a new blog post and then share that on your site once a week every tuesday morning mm-hmm. it does not deviate you want because as you know it takes time to develop a habit any kind of habit at least 30 to 35 to 40 days depending on what kind of person you are 
if you stay on the schedule and you do it on a consistent basis, then you get that nudge and you know what you need to do without making extra effort because we all have only so many resources, mental and physical. So if something becomes a habit, you have a shortcut. So you know that this day is you have to write your blog post. So stay on the same day, stay on the same calendar. Don't get overwhelmed with the whole daily or something. Pick something that works for you. Mm. And for me, I picked a day and I stuck with that. And I always look, I don't want to be constricted with, oh, I have to write about this. Sometimes I get inspired by reading an article or talking to somebody or being part of the webinar or being part of the forum. You're always looking for cross-pollination ideas. Mm -hmm. And you're always looking for other people to share their insights. And you can ask other people to contribute to your blog too. It's it's a terrific way to exchange your ideas and guess blog about it. And always be open to everything and always look out for ideas. It's just, it's very exciting. It's mm. kind of, and also helps you evolve in your business as well. Your yes. blog helps your business another way around. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I love the uh, what you said about choosing the timing, the schedule and sticking with it. I think consistency is so important. And I mean, if your readers start to identify that every Tuesday a new blog post is going to come out, and they expect that. When you start kind of faltering a little bit in one week, you don't publish anything and so on, that consistency see it starts to to wane a little bit and you could really lose readers I think and so it's really important to uh, yeah to be mindful of, of consistency so tell me about LinkedIn you mentioned that one way you're using LinkedIn is through researching journalists who are writing in your topic what other ways are you using LinkedIn to generate leads for your business what's important to realize about LinkedIn it's not just profession network social media outlet right now it's a media platform you now are able to publish it's they're called long form posts right mm-hmm. on linkedin you have your platform on linkedin so you become a very powerful voice on it mm-hmm. and i've been using it since they gave me an opportunity to do so so there are a number of things that you can use linkedin for aside from expanding your network on the very consistent basis is you can publish right on LinkedIn and a lot of people will view it. Anybody who's in your network will see your blog post. The second one is being strategically active in groups that will benefit you in terms of networking, visibility, or just getting insights and ideas. Again, in my case, I'm active in baby boomers groups, in aging groups, in funeral related groups, again, and social media as well. But I try to be very strategic where I am at and where people recognize my name. Mm. So the combination of that, because then people see your name, they want to read your post, the people see your post, they want they recognize your name in the group, they want to connect with you because if you're in the group, you can connect as a group member and you don't have to actually know no person in person. That group affiliation gives you a chance to connect that way. Mm-hmm. And you just look at it as a holistic platform to just get to know so many people, especially if you're starting a business in the marketplace, you are total newcomer. But I was not from the funeral industry and I was not from the memorial industry. I came from business background. So LinkedIn was my entry point and now becoming an insider thanks to using it 
the right way. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, you know, so many people kind of hold themselves back in their business because they think, oh, you know, how on earth can I approach anybody? Because I don't have years and years of experience within that particular industry. But what you've done is you thought about things strategically, you created some great content. And through that, you've really built this incredible profile and reputation as someone who very much is involved in that particular industry. So really, really important. One other thing I know that you talk about and that has worked for you, and I'd love for you to to share a little bit more about that, is guest blogging. So what is guest blogging and how has it worked for you in your business? There are two ways to go about guest blogging. One is what actually it implies. You write a blog post for a certain site and they publish it and they just say, this is by Irina, such and such. And then they provide a link to your site. So it's more of kind of indirect cross-linking strategy. The second way of guest blogging is when people write about you and they still provide a link to your site. And so I think about, again, guest blogging in a bigger sense of if anybody writes about you on their blog or you write about yourself and they publish it on their blog. Any way that people, because those are the ones that, again, help you with your search engine optimization because more sites that are relevant to your business mention your company name, the better you will rank in search results. And if you find the concept of guest blogging intimidating, you can start with asking, can you please mention my company in your online resources? A lot of businesses have resources section where they list relevant uh, companies for mm. their customers. So I ask vets, I ask hospices, I ask grief counselors to list my site on their site. Mm-hmm. And they do. So you can kind of start getting acquainted with this kind of space by just asking people if they think that their clients or their patients find your company mention of value, please list me on your site. And then you can say, would you be interested in learning more about such and such? Again, you're pitching. Mm-hmm. It's just like to a journalist. Yes. And then they say, yes, of course. And then you write a post for them and they publish it. It becomes part of their content. And it's very valuable because it takes you outside of your own site and attracts attention from those audiences. Mm-hmm. Yes, because all of those people obviously have a target market or the readership who very much would be interested in your services or in your products. And of course, they've taken time to build that community. And of course, you could tap into that by uh, leveraging either your piece of content or, or being written about such a, a great strategy. You know, after speaking with you today, Irina, you really have got such a, a solid strategy and, and systems in, in place to really help you build an incredible profile as a specialist in your field and, and obviously continues to work really well in generating leads for you. Now, I know for businesses, making the right business decision as in, you know, what marketing to do, what's going to work well, or what's maybe not going to work as well for me in the business can be quite difficult. So I'd love for you to share the one surefire way that you've used that has really supported you in making sound business decisions that perhaps we can use as well when we think about decisions we need to make. I meditate every mm. night. That's how I make if I'm not sure about something, especially for women. Mm-hmm. We women have a really well-developed intuition. Listen to it. It's going to lead you the right way. If you're in doubt about something, take time. And meditate on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been doing wonders for me because it helps me connect to that inner self where I can connect with my own inner wisdom. And 
then you sleep and yes. then in the morning you have an answer most of the time yeah so the more you kind of push for it it, it will be harder mm-hmm. let it go and just step back and just meditate breathe about it relax about it go to sleep and the morning will be much easier mm. for me in a lot of cases when i was kind of in the crossroads that was one of the ways that helped me move in the right direction and people may say oh this is just way too much no five ten minutes just sit somewhere in a quiet place and breathe in and out in and out just think about your breath don't think about anything else. You don't have to think about anything but your breath. Mm-hmm. That will just put you in the zone and will put you in your inner self. Yes. yes. You don't have to think about it. <laughs> it just does. And then I go to bed. That's just, a, a great. You'll, you'll yes. be out right away and in the morning you'll know the answer. Mm. You know, I think that, you know, that, that meditation is so, so important. But I remember reading somewhere that that strategy works so well because something happens to the brain at night and it kind of still processes even though you are asleep to the point that, yes, when you wake up, it's kind of, wow, the answer is right there. And um, by quieting our mind and just letting it be, the answer is always there in front of us. It's just that if we're clambering and we're anxious and we're worried and we're stressed, it just suppresses the, you know, the answer, which we know is, is often there. So I love that. Such a great reminder. And it's such a great reminder for us anyway, to take time off, isn't it? And, and to really just relax and, and breathe deeply, something that I know that I need to do more of. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that our listeners will want to hop across and have a look at your website, have a look at the articles that you've written. And how can we get in contact with you, Irina? You don't want to type the whole URL, which is actually really short. Just type in the search results uh, in the search box, Artisan, which is A-R-T-I-S-U-R-N. And if you think about it, it's Artisan plus Earn, just smooshed together and it becomes (laughs) Artisan. Or it's Artisan.com, Facebook.com slash Artisan, Twitter.com slash Artisan, Pinterest.com slash Artisan. That helps to be very consistent. People start remembering. So it's Artisan. You can find my blog there. I try to keep my site very simple and easy to navigate because, again, I don't want people to get overwhelmed. Read, check out sites. But, again, if you're feeling just, oh, I just want to type in and you search and you find whatever you want, my articles, my mentions, my social media presence. It's all that. Oh, wonderful. Now, there is one question that I've asked uh, the last couple of guests, Irina, and I'd love for you to, to be able to share this response for you. You've obviously built your business and, you know, really successful in all of the strategies that you have shared. When you look back to perhaps when you first started your business, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would do differently or maybe implement a lot quicker? What would that be if that was true? for you i would have reached out to professionals in other fields much quicker because when Mm -hmm. you're starting out you kind of feel lonely you feel it's your you know it's your fight and it's not it's your journey and you want to when you start reaching out to all those people and i'm talking about not just people in your industry but again to people who work with all those people who you can help it opens up a whole world for you Mm -hmm. so don't wait and say oh i'm still studying don't think people will find this of interest no start soliciting feedback those people actually prop you up and will help you enough feedback that will evolve your business in the right direction right off the bat Mm -hmm. so Always seek support systems. Always look for people, mastermind groups, for people who can just energize you and 
always keep an open mind about that. So don't just be on your own because mm-hmm. it can get very lonely. So important. And, you know, when we put ourselves in the position that someone reaches out to us, I mean, how, you know, often would we, yes, I'd love to help you and, and, and share more. And so I think when we go from that approach that people love to help and extend, you know, a helping hand that, uh, that kind of shyness can then melt away. And it's like, yes, I need, I need to reach out and touch base with people. So I love that. So important not to, to just sit alone in our own office behind the computer and think that there's no one there who uh, can support us. So, so fantastic. Great, great tippers as well. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that um, many of uh, our listeners have a fantastic list of uh, to-do items now to get stuck into to start to really create buzz for their business and get known by their, their ideal client as well. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I loved being on your show. Fantastic. Well, there you go. I'm sure, as I've said before, from listening to Irina, you have got a list of to-do items. So maybe the action step that you need to take is to be more regular in creating content. Maybe once a week might be a little bit much for you. Try once a fortnight, but whatever you do, like Irina and I have said, consistency is so important. So what I want you to do is jump over to the show notes. While you're there, of course, all of the, the ways to connect with Irina, click through to her sites. But while you're there, scroll down to the bottom of the page and write a comment for us. What is the action step that you are taking because of the aha that you had? And we will be your accountability partners as well. Because once you've put it down on paper, it's something that uh, we really encourage that you get out there and do. If this is the first time you've listened to the show, click through on our iTunes channel and subscribe. Love for you to join us again next week. Bye for now. This is Anne-Marie. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.